I'm not Pat Boone. I have nothing to do with the work that he created. Enormous body of work. I was going to say varied body of work, but it's varied within a very specific range. I have so much to say about the guy, and most of it is about things that I don't know about yet. I'm eager to learn more about him. He's a very important person, in a very weird way. His basic biography is that he came out of the mid-50s. Sort of a good-looking preppy blonde dude. All-American lad. Very wholesome. And he sang very wholesome covers of popular R&B hits of the day. Which led to such things as Tutti Frutti, oh Rudy, and I'm walking, yes indeed. I actually will go much deeper into that at some point. And if I were smart, I'd start off with that. But I've been working on this other thing. And it's, uh, long. It's like 36 minutes. So I'm breaking it up into parts. But for this thing, relatively long parts. I hope you can stick with it. I think you will. It's strange. I I took an interview with him from radio and cut it up with an album he released in the late 90s. I won't spoil it. But, uh, have a listen. Good morning. Ken Bass here on the Something Country Saturday morning. I don't expect that I need to explain to anyone in our audience that in this time of ambushes on police officers and growing negative rhetoric about our police and other first responders, that times have changed here in America. Many of us are not only upset by that, but we are openly angry. But so many have no idea of what we can actually do about that, other than take a trip to the polls on November 8th or through early voting to initiate regime change, there's something else that I suspect everyone in my audience knows. That's the name of Pat Boone. Pat Boone has been an entertainment icon for decades, ranging back to the mid-1950s. 
Most know him as a recording artist, a TV star, even a movie actor. As you are about to hear, he has recently taken pen in hand and written some songs centered around law enforcement themes. This has led to his production of an extended play CD that includes four songs, three of which he himself sings. This week, we have added one of those songs to our regular playlist of current songs. It's titled, Part of America Died Today. We'll hear that song in just a few minutes, but first, I had the great pleasure yesterday morning of recording an interview with Pat Boone, which I now present. Good morning, 95.1 FM, KLH Ken Bass here on the radio with you. And on the phone with me, we are most pleased to have a guest with us today. By the name of Pat Boone. Hi, Pat. Hello. Good to talk to you, Ken. Good to talk to you, too. Uh, just to let you know, you and I uh, got started in this crazy music business long about the same time. So. Whoa, that was another century. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we've both been at this a while. And uh, as I recall back in that dim, dark prehistoric past, um, you had just almost as many hits as Elvis Presley, didn't you? You know what, Ken? I just found out recently that I had one more. The thing was, as fast as a record went to 17 or 27 or 1, but they were there were some 40, top 40 chart hits, and or maybe 41. Uh, so I had a great relationship with my buddy Elvis. But, of course, we were friendly competitors, too. Two boys from Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, You were both uh, involved some in cover tunes. Uh, You covered a lot of of the uh, black artists back then when some stations were were discriminating against them. Yes. I'd like to know, are you ready for some Super Dynamite Soul? Thank you, because now it's star time. Introducing, ladies and gentlemen, a man that's going to bring you some R&B classics. Among these R&B classics are tunes that will never die, such as... Come here, mama, and dig this crazy scene. Not too fancy now, and this line is pretty clean. Oh, yeah. 
Classic. St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, we had a couple of black stations. One of them was actually black-owned, and uh-huh. uh, so I got to hear all of both sides of the coin. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, there was uh, a period, uh, it was a transition period that had to happen when pop artists, not just white, there were black artists as well, who were pop artists, who were recording rhythm and blues songs and bringing them over from R&B into pop, and uh, there was a little, at one point, there came a decision uh, that had to be made by Alan Freed and other DJs, are we going to play the original record or the cover record? Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me, they'd been playing my cover records first, and then uh, they switched over eventually and played the original records, and of course, us doing cover records, that opportunity sort of fizzled away, but Elvis... The Beatles, all of us, recorded and and covered black hits because they were so infectious and commercial and fun and good. But after a while, that introduced to the big white audience or the big pop audience uh, familiarity with who the original artists were. So it was, we weren't taking anything from them. We were opening a door 
and offering them the chance to become better known themselves. Hey! hey. Yeah! <laughs> hey, live it up, you all! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Hey, oh, hand me oh, some of yeah. that mayonnaise! since some of those artists actually wrote the songs, they benefited from the covers uh, in terms of royalties, too. Oh, yeah, quite often. In fact, I <laughs> I had a, I went down to New Orleans uh, appearing at the Fairmont Hotel while Fats Domino was appearing at Al Hart, Hurt's place, and he had me come down and sit on the piano bench with him in front of everybody. Wow. And he wasn't much of a talker, but he says, you folks see this ring? And he had diamond rings on most of his fingers, but this was a really big piano-shaped diamond ring on one of his <laughs> fingers. He said, this man bought me this ring with this song, you, me, me <laughs> cry, when you said, and we sang Ain't That a Shame together. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was, uh, those were the days, and we're in different yeah. days now. Oh, man, it was fun then. We were, it was a whole a time of change, of uh, new awakenings. And the music itself, really, almost all the music was much more innocent than it is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sugar pie, honey bunch. <laughs> you know that I love you. Good girl. 
fun. It was just the plain fun, and the words hardly mattered. I mean, wop, bop, a loop, a lop, bop, bop. That means the same thing in every language. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that was exhausting. But, uh, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on my big boy pants and give this, this old thing another spin. No whammies. Got a whammy. Class struggles. Spelled class sturgles. S-T-U-R-G-G-L-E-S. First TV pilot I ever wrote. Isn't that an exciting piece of history? Let's see what year it's from. This is August 9th, 2012. Looks like it's the earliest date I can find on uh, in any of these files. So this was uh, written in my dream scenario as a vehicle for Zach Galifianakis, who is a c- comedian and actor who I find funny. It was inspired by my failures in life and uh, my desperation well, at the same time, two of my friends, who I had always sort of hoped would uh, throw out a lifeline for me when they made it, I saw making it on different levels and not throwing me a lifeline. So I wrote a script about it, about what would happen if some kind of shitty guy uh, went and tried to take advantage of his friends to make it in show business without much of a plan. After I wrote the pilot, I kind of had all these other ideas for where it was going to go as a series. Um, and it didn't seem like the pilot would be anything, so I turned it into a script, like a movie script. And it ended up very long. Um, I guess let's just go through it. Class Sturgles. Written by Simon A. Bronwell. Opening titles, Music, When We Were Young, by The Residents. mid-thirties, rumpled, out of shape, helpless, pseudo-zen loser, waits for his luggage. It's almost one in the morning, last flight in from the coast. The airport is relatively empty and dimly lit. Class, like everyone else there, looks tired and slightly confused, but he also looks a little on edge. We watch him wait. Exterior LAX arrivals night. Class waits an uncomfortable length of time to get picked up, a collection of overstuffed, tape-reinforced garbage bags and other makeshift luggage piled beside him. It's pretty desolate out there. Eventually, an enormous Rolls Royce pulls up. The front passenger window slowly opens, revealing Spuds, a young, grimy skater type, in messy chauffeur's uniform. Spuds, you what's his name? Class, huh? Spuds, you the dude I'm picking up? BMG's friend? Class, huh? Spuds, impatient. Brian Michael Gross, man. Class, oh, BMG, I get it. Spuds, okay, well, I'm your fucking ride. Spuds motions toward the back of the limo for class to get in. Class. Oh. 
Interior Rolls Royce night. Spuds is moving them aggressively up the freeway, a Motley Crue-esque cover of L.A. Woman blaring away. Klaus is nonetheless in his own world in the back of the limo, which is packed with all his belongings. He is half asleep, absorbing what little he can of the nighttime freeway scenery whipping by. After a while, Spuds loudly interrupts. Spuds, this is my band. Class, oh. Spuds, yeah man, we're pre-com. You ever hear of us? Class, no, you know, I, uh... Spuds, yeah, you wouldn't know. Class, oh. Silence for a moment as Class takes in the scenery and starts to relax a little. Spuds, how do you know BMG anyway? Class would rather be left alone, but he's polite. Class, we went to film school together. Spuds, film school, dumb. So what, you a filmmaker? Class, yeah, I guess so. Spuds, yeah, what have you made? Class, what have I made? Spuds, yeah, anything I would have seen? Class, no, uh, uh, no. Spuds, that's too bad, bro. You gotta keep at it. I'm starting shooting on my first feature in six weeks. Class, really? Spuds, $38 million budge, bro. It's gonna be so fucking sick, you have no idea. Class, you're... $38 million? Spuds, yeah, man, BMG's producing it. I wrote it, and he liked it so much, he's gonna let me direct it. Sick, right? The only thing I ever fucking directed was a home video of my fucking grandma's funeral. But that's why he's a rich motherfucker, right? Dude takes chances. Of course, it doesn't hurt he's a Jew, right? Golden fucking ticket. Class, well, uh... Spuds, you know, no offense. You're not Jewish, are you? Class, no. Spuds, cool. You can never fucking tell. I don't want to fucking blow it just when things are starting to get good, you know? You saw how they fucking crucified Mel Gibson. Total bullshit, man. Homeboy was in Man Without a Face. Shit was tight. Class. You know, Brian's Jewish, right? Spuds, of course I know it. I haven't seen a fucking penny yet. Just a bunch of fucking paperwork. And I still gotta do shit like pick up fucking people and shit. But yeah, whatever. He's an alright dude. He's been good for me. And I'm not saying I hate Jews or nothing. I just don't give a fuck. I hate everybody, bro. Gotta be a reason stereotypes are true, though, right? Class is out of words. Spuds. You into cannibal movies? Class. Grimly. No. Spuds. Dude, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Cannibals are the fucking... Yo, you're fucking retarded. Class. It's not really my thing. Spuds. Nah, man. You're a retarded motherfucker. No lie. Class. Well... Spuds, yeah you are. Dude, my movie? Joint's called X-10. It's this dude, Dr. Timothy Steele, who's like half top genetic surgeon and half Navy SEAL gone rogue. Who goes batshit after his wife dies and is like, Class, hey, uh, uh, where are we going? Spuds, Bev Hill spot, man. You get the Bev Hill's guest house. Class doesn't know what that means, but only says, oh. Spuds, so he like figures out a way to bring her back using DNA? Only she comes back as a carrier for Virus X-10, which turns everyone she comes into contact with into cannibals, except for... Class, hey, uh, how long do you think? Spuds, how long do I think what? Class, until we get there. Spuds, shit, I don't know. Beat. Spuds, so it turns everyone into cannibals except for four people. Dr. Timothy Steele, their son and daughter, and then this one mysterious stranger dude, Dr. Lucian Von Shadow, who's like... You don't know if he's this really smart, heroic psychiatrist guy, or just a total fucking murderous psycho. In the end, Steele has to, like, decide. Do I save my hot wife even though she's carrying this virus that can wipe out the planet? Or do I, you know, shove her in the furnace? And, like, the whole while, all these cannibals are coming after her because they know he's the only one left who can stop them. It's insane. I'm gonna be making bizank. As Spuds drones, Class finds his cell phone in his tattered carry-on bag. 
It's old, and the battery is dead. He puts it away again. Spuds is still going. Class looks hopelessly into the camera, a la Alice the Maid, while the sound fades into a comical music tag similar to what they might have used on the Brady Bunch. I mean, that's as good a place to stop as any. Probably, uh, probably shouldn't have even started. Let us once more let the New Beatles UK play us out. This is the instrumental number Eichmann at Epcot, accompanying some words of wisdom from my dear departed, dear, dear, wonderful friend, the wonderful Jerry Lewis. I just wish, uh, the best wish I could ever wish you, and that was to have people in show business as your friends. Uh, it's, it's a gift, and it's something that uh, doesn't happen to a lot of people. When it happens, and you call upon those friends to assist you in an endeavor like we are attempting here, and they're there for you. Uh, the only problem is that you do not have the capacity to expound properly on your gratitude and appreciation. Uh, I just wish that for you, because it's a wonderful frustration not to be able to thank people properly, and yet to have them with you when you need them, and to have them make you better by their presence with you. Got my hair, got my head, got my brains, got my ears, got my eyes, got my nose, got my mouth, I got my smile, I got my arms, got my hands, got my fingers, got my legs, got my feet, got my toes, got my liver, got my blood, I've got life. us online at Instagram at importantstagram or at anchor.fm slash important. This has been Anchor Big Social, you're not just us.